So uh, last week when we met, we discussed what was happening in Abraham's life, that the Lord actually gave him the name of the child that was going to come and that it was going to come not through Hagar, but th through Sarah. So, And their names were changed to father of many nations and uh, mother of many. So uh, they, th those two uh, were kind of, in a spiritual sense, uh, their, their, their lives were beginning to change even, you know, because they're starting to, to see as the Lord's working in their lives, he's building them. So uh, it's pretty, it's pretty neat uh, study to go through and, and look at the name uh, the name change and how the Lord did uh, end up blessing them. And we saw that there were a couple responses. One was uh, questioning. Uh, yeah, I, I understand you're saying that. I don't really understand it. If you think of it, uh, you could, you might think more along the lines of when the angel visited, um, uh, visited uh, Mary you know, there was the question, how is this going to happen? I have not known a man and, and all those things. And then you think of Zechariah, John the Baptist's dad, who the angel kind of had to, I was listening to Ken actually on the way down this uh, tonight. And Ken's like, yeah, he was a little bugged by Zechariah. So he's like, all right, you're not going to talk for nine months. So it was pretty funny. So, but you just think, you know, we can, we can hear from the Lord and, uh, and we should just, trust in what we're hearing you know when we hear so especially you know if our time in the word and we see here and the lord just whispers to us and says i'm i want you to do this or this is going to happen in your life not to scoff at it you know because we saw that it was scare uh, sarah was more scoffing uh than you know abraham just kind of more uh i'm not a, they both had a laughter uh one was in 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 kind of i don't understand this but that's that's cool maybe maybe i'm misunderstanding this you mean ishmael right uh, and then for Sarah, she laughed, and then the Lord confronted her, and uh, she's like, I didn't laugh. And both of their laughs were internal, remember? You know, we talked about how the Lord, uh, Jesus, when he was ministering, he would see the, the question in people's hearts, or he'd, he'd see that people were frustrated or, or whatever it was, and he'd address that. And uh, so the Lord sees and he knows what's going on in our hearts, and uh, um, that's, where we, that's where we left off. So verse 16 of chapter 18 of Genesis says, Then the men arose, so that's uh, the Lord and two angels, arose for, uh, rose from there and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely be uh, become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. So that discussion they were having with Abraham where he went, and he got he uh, went told the servant to uh, get up some food and everything. Asked his wife to bake some cakes and everything. And he was being a good host. And he <clears throat> presents those things uh, to his visitors, which we know is the Lord and and two angels. And after they're done having their meal and they're talking, and uh, they have the uh, the Lord has the interaction with Sarah. They get up and they're ready to leave. And uh, the uh, as the uh, it says the men arose and looked towards Sodom and Abraham went with them and that would have been customary uh, as they as they got up it was custom uh, to go a short distance to see them on on their way 
when we uh, when I was a kid, we used to go up to Caribou, and and uh, uh, that's where my grandparents uh, used to live, and uh, they've passed on now. And uh, but I, I I always remember my mom would always point out the fact that as we were driving away, my grandmother would stand, she'd have tears in her eyes, wiping her her eyes, and she'd be waving to us out the window. Uh, and my mom does it when we go visit her when we're, when we're leaving her place. You know, I always tell the kids, look, Mimi's waving, you know, it, and it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, you know, you're sending somebody off in love, you know? So, it, you know, instead of, man, they shut the door, Phew, they're gone. You know, there, <laughs> there's that, my, well, there might've been some of that, like, wow, it's been a loud house with five kids running around, you know, when we'd all go and take over the house and, and everything. But, uh, but it was always sad because we didn't know, you know, how long it was going to be till we'd see them. But so Abraham, as would be customary, uh, would, went with them and uh, just to go uh, for a short distance. Now, verses 70, 17 and 18, we see that the Lord is actually speaking to himself. You know, shall I, uh, the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham surely uh, shall surely become a great nation, uh, a great mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth and him shall be blessed. So uh, shall be blessed in him. So if you guys haven't figured it out yet, I bobble the words right up and I put this one in front of me while I'm reading. You guys get it, right? So I'm sorry that I got to go back and forth, but uh, you know this is a lesson. You know the Lord is is saying here that you know what happens to those that that of who he is and and we see what happens when these people are in such a wicked and depraved state um that uh those those nations or peoples uh, or individuals that reject the lord and you know god chose to reveal this plan to abraham since abraham uh you know will become a, a mighty nation and he says something um in verse 19 he says for i have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after me, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. That knowing and following God, that's not going to be a, a foreign concept to us as, as we've been moving through uh, Genesis and as we're moving through in and really in, in any of the scripture that we get studying the the importance of knowing the Lord often comes up in our uh, in our study and uh, not only knowing him but actually following him uh, there's uh, it's it is possible for somebody to under, understand the scripture and not know the Lord um, I, I've, I've, I'm sure you have too had the conversations with people say yeah I read the Bible and then there's like nothing happened as they read it. They they didn't understand that you know he uh, who who knew no sin became sin for us. You know that I mean when you start reading stuff like that, if that doesn't change your heart, then uh, you know you're spiritually blind. You're in a spot where you're not understanding it at all, and uh, it's hard for us to comprehend reading the scripture and not being totally moved by the love of God and and who He is and. You know, but to look at it as a literary book and just something you can just grab and, you know, paw through, you know, versus reading it in faith. But, you know, as we know the Lord, we experience the blessings of knowing him and, and following him. And, um, you know, if there's the, uh, you know, there's no no fear of his judgment or anything like that, then then 
uh, we could read the scripture, like I just said, and, and it just kind of goes right over to the, the head of whoever's reading it without knowing him, that you can actually read it. And um, so what he's talking about here is that he says, for I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him. Abraham was a leader and he was responsible for those uh, in his family and in his household uh, to teach them the ways of the Lord that they might not see a, a similar fate. Uh, now, not everybody's going to have hellfire and, and brimstone fall on them. Uh, but spiritually, yes, you know, that's that's the that's the uh, the penalty uh, is the destruction of. Of our lives, and uh, you know that that we may die a physical death and a spiritual death after rejecting the Lord, and we don't want that, obviously. So, but he's talking about, you know, how many times does does, um, and we just read it over the last uh, few chapters where the Lord says, "And I will be their God, and I will be their God," and uh, the Lord wants to be our God. He he wants to be the one that we look to for hope. For guidance, for correction, for instruction, every—that's what the Lord wants. So when He says that, He very much, very much means that. And as He's saying here, you know, for I have known Him, Abraham, in order that He might command His children and His household after Him, that they may keep the way of the Lord. How many times have we read in the scriptures, especially if you get into uh, the Kings and uh, the summaries of people's lives, can be really sad. This person grew up, they did evil in the sight of the Lord, they died and went the way of their fathers, and that was it. And then they and then there's a few of them sprinkled in there that you know did did right what was right in the sight of the Lord. You know, you can look at a king like Josiah or uh, you know, just go through and, and and see that they were they were ones that loved the Lord and and restored proper worship and uh, that that God is setting the tone for his children to know him. And that uh, those that are in uh, command of their house, sorry, comes out of me for 25 years, uh, that are in charge of our house, that are responsible for our homes, that you know we should be speaking of the Lord and speaking of the word in our homes. And there, uh, we'll look at a few verses here that, that we'll get to. But the Lord says, I have known him. You know, the Lord desires uh, for us to know him, you know, whether we like it or not, we are called to be leaders of our families and communities and workplaces. As Christians, what did Jesus say? You are the salt of the world. You are the light, uh, salt of the earth, the lights, uh, uh, light of the world. You know, that, that gives us a position of responsibility and leadership, that we are the ones that are supposed to be seen as different and uh, that there, the Lord should be the difference. And, you know, the most important uh, Part of us as Christians uh, being leaders is a proper relationship with him. We can't be uh, properly ministering to anybody without knowing the Lord. When, when the Lord says, I have known him, the importance of having that relationship with him. That we can live and uh, be uh, live lives that uh, when people look at our lives, they see that is a godly woman. That is a godly man. There, there's something different about that individual. Uh, and that that our uh, Christianity would be evident by the way we live and the words we say. Um, years ago, I remember Will talking about this, uh, and he was saying there was a saying that was popular, and it might still be, you know, preach always, and if 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 necessary, use words. 
No, our lives should be our our lives should be reflecting God, and our words should be reflecting God. I understand the premise behind it that if somebody never hears us speak, do they see Christ in our lives? I get that, but if we are trying to be the the silent witness and everything, I, I don't. As as Will has shared with us before, I don't want that person standing. You know, for me, you know, if I was in a court of law, yeah, this is a silent witness, and he's just going to stand. You know, just sit there. And look, and I want somebody who's going to be actually be speaking. So uh, I, I like that. And, uh, you know, there's things that we that we hear, uh, you know, throughout our lives that, that stick with us. That was one of them. So <clears throat> that we would be seen as godly women, godly men, uh, that our lives are in order. That we wouldn't be uh, known as people that are, are kind of quick to fly off the handle. You know, that we wouldn't be quick tempered. Uh, that people wouldn't get nervous when they're around us. Like, is, is John going to lose it today or what? You know, and I, I do know individuals that are in that state as Christians, you know, and they've remained there for a while, like 20, 30 years. People just don't know what's going to happen. Are they just going to absolutely explode uh, and, and or, or what, what's going to happen here? You know, Paul was giving the... Uh, he, he told the Corinthians to imitate him as he imitates Christ. Uh, you know, you can look at it as follow me as I follow Christ, uh, however you want to look at it. But uh, when I, in my, uh, you know, research and everything, I looked at several different versions of the Bible, you know, King James, New King James, ESV, NASB, and all the other acronyms you want to throw out there. And uh, almost all of them said imitate, imitate. Imitate me. Uh, so as you see me act as I follow Christ, uh, so as I follow Christ and you see that in my life, you can you can follow me. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but that can be a scary thing to say because, you know, when my, my kids know me, you know, and, and they know what happens when I get tired and hungry. And, you know, you get to that hangry moment, you know, and I start getting grumpy and this and that. And it's hard to say that all the time. But that when Paul writes that he meant that, you know, imitate me as I, as I imitate him, you know, and that's, that's quite a, that's, we, under, we need to understand how serious our callings are as Christians, that when we're at work, that one time where we think, you know what, I've been good. I can, I can just do whatever. Everybody's going to remember it <laughs> because you're not that person. You know what I mean? There. So that, that steady person, you know, there sometimes maybe you need to have that person where like, I wanted to lose it at work, but I couldn't. I just need to call phone a friend type thing and say, hey, I know you can, I can talk to you and there isn't judgment. I just needed, you know, I, I just need a sounding board, uh, you know, and we obviously would, we should do that in prayer to the Lord. But sometimes we just need that brother or sister we can call and say, I wanted to, you know, my boss really, you know, got on my nerves today and I, I wanted to lose my cool, but I didn't. And I just need to call and vent a little bit. Is that okay? You know, it, it's important to have those outlets and, and those things. But just understand that the world is watching us and so are our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, it's very important for us uh, to not just have a facade that we haven't, but to actually submit our lives to the Lord and let him put us in order. And when the, when our brothers and sisters see that and that they know, you know what? I see how the Lord's working in your life, that this has left your life, that this has left your life and that it can be a, a, a ministry uh, just by how we live our lives and what we say. 
You know, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. You know, we're not called to live a double life, but sincere and, uh, you know, without that, uh, as Will would share with us, the pottery, uh, that it wouldn't be uh, cracks that, that are insincerities within it, that as soon as it's hot, then the, as soon as, you know, something happens, then, oh, look, you know, the imperfections, you know, come to the surface and you see what was wrong. That, that shouldn't be the case for us. Are we called to be perfect? No. Um, well, you know, be perfect <laughs> as I am perfect. Wow. Yeah. But are we going to be? It's going to take a while, like our whole lives. So, but that, do we give up? No, we just continue to seek the Lord and, and he's going to do his work in us. You know, that we love and follow the Lord wholly. Uh, you know, this is a blessing to us. We ex then experience the blessings of the Lord. We can come to church and put on the smile and do all these things. But if our lives are wholly submitted to the Lord and we're holding this back or we're holding that back, guess what happens? You know, our lives, our blessings get held back. And the Lord gives us that, that spiritual spanking that we need, that chastisement that we need uh, to correct us. The Lord is speaking that we should know his ways. And knowing, uh, meaning actively living out our relationship with him. And, you know, uh, there are, in especially in today's world, many who claim they have their own beliefs. And, you know, everyone that I've heard when they say they have their own beliefs about uh, what a relationship with God is, you know, I've got my, my own personal relationship with God. Great. Is it biblical? You know, I can do this. I don't have to go to church and I don't have to do this. No. So you really are just conforming God and you're making your own God. It's idolatry. You know, you're, you're, you're forming your own God at that point. What's happening is uh, instead of, uh, changing our will and submitting our will to the Lord, making you know, it may not be the actual statue or, or thing of gold that's, but this is my God and and this is what He looks like. Some it's gonna you know, they're gonna say she or it or whatever, and it gets really weird really fast. Uh, so, uh, but the Lord is saying that we should know His way, keep the way of the Lord. You know, God reveals Himself to us to us and teaches us about him and, and and how to live everything's right there in the scripture it's not a it's not a great um uh great mystery now in verse 19 it says uh in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they may keep the way of the lord to do righteousness and justice that the lord may bring to Abraham, what he has spoken. Our relationship with the Lord is what governs our lives and what fulfills us, you know, and, and our children and families need to see that. Uh, it's not as not a do as I say, not a, not as I do. You guys have heard that. I'm sure you've heard that in your lives. Hopefully we don't say that a lot, maybe jokingly, uh, but that there literally are those those times that I've, I've seen and witnessed uh, people in in uh, a leadership, a parent or whatever position where, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, do as I say, not as I do. You know, you don't, it, you're the one that's supposed to be listening. You know, I do what I need to do. And, and it just, it's never going to fly. It's never going to. The Lord is telling Abraham the importance of him knowing the Lord and sharing uh, with those in his family uh, that they would see a, a, sincere relationship with him you know we have a responsibility to lead our families in the lord now it says to do righteousness and justice that we would have integrity of heart uh to do righteousness 
uh, the uh, that integrity that we would still do the right thing even though nobody's looking. And <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever seen the hidden camera shows where uh, you know somebody. Um, I, I'm, I'm, one that just comes to mind is a briefcase that falls, a bunch of money falls out. You know, what's somebody going to do? They're going to go get that person. Hey, you lost all your money. You know, there are these little experiments that have been done, and it kind of shows people's true colors, and uh, they're, they're able to see those things. But to do righteousness and justice, that deep down we're reflecting our maker in our conduct. The deep down, that that to do righteousness and justice has to come from our relationship with the Lord, that we would do the right thing. You know, there's there are times where uh, I've heard of of um, uh, there was a, a bank, a local bank at one point that my wife and I almost took out a loan. And then we find out this woman was like funneling money and she was charging people extra interest. Somehow, I don't know, fudging the numbers enough that she's like she's got like a hundred thousand dollars or something out of it. And I'm like, I think we actually talked to her, you know, and, and we would have been one of those people that she took that money from. And, uh, you know, that that uh, um, that type of uh, that when you're entrusted with something, that type of um, abuse of power that that can happen and, and how it how it wrecks everybody around them. And it was wrecking people financially and blessing her. And then of course she had to go to jail and the embarrassment, the public embarrassment of her and her family. It's awful. I hope she found the Lord when she was there, you know, but it was, it was, that was a tough thing, but just to realize as Christians, we are, are called to reflect our maker, uh, by the way we live our lives, not to be seen as an untrustworthy person. I was recently speaking to somebody about the selling of their vehicle and I was just asking some questions. I'm not really in the market to buy a vehicle, but I always ask like, Oh, you know, because I've kind of happened upon, uh, some good vehicles uh, that I don't have to go pay astronomical amounts right now in, in this market. And just talking and, and I just said, oh, you know, I'll get the word out. And they're like, I don't really like to sell locally. And I'm like, why is that? Because you've duct taped the thing together on the bottom, right? <laughs> and that's what it was. I'm like, that's not right. You can't do that. You know, but that that type of thing, um, not a uh, not a professing uh, you know, believer or anything, but I, I that, that that pops out. You know, let us not be that type of person because even if we we were to conduct ourselves in that manner in that situation, you know that I mean they could get hurt. You know that they, they could. Uh, I've been on the other end of that. I've bought a vehicle once. I bought a, a used vehicle. It was the worst vehicle I ever owned, and I'll never buy another one uh, as long as I can keep myself from doing it. But, uh, I mean, that that thing, uh, we lost our transmission. We lost our whole braking system. Uh, and the, the person that sold it to us, uh, it was a dealership, and they saw us coming. You know, it was from the wholesale lot. I didn't know. They don't buy from the wholesale lot. I was like, yeah, as, as is, where is type. I didn't know. I was like, yeah, that thing looked good. We'll just buy that. Totally stupid. Uh, you know, and I went in there, and they saw me coming, and they're like, got this guy. And uh, we bought that thing. The door actually fell off the hinge um like like you could say the door fell off we were getting ready for church and i may have shared, shared the story um but uh we were we were living in bucksport and i think we might have just had maddie and maybe nat uh, ashley and uh we're getting ready for church and, and it's cold outside so i go to start the the thing and i went to shut the door and the whole door catch broke off and the door hinge boom, like that and i'm like 
I went inside and I'm like, I, I guess our enemy doesn't want us to go to church. And I'm grabbing rope. And I tied the door shut and we went to church, you know. Now, this is not a, hey, look what I did. I'm just saying, like, that vehicle was awful. And when I traded it in, I said, I did this, 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 this. You have all the maintenance records because some of it was warranty. It was awful. But I, and then I had a guy call me. Hey, I'm about to buy this vehicle. Can you tell me about it? Yes, I'll tell you everything that, that went wrong with it. And I don't know if they bought it or not, but I don't want that on my conscience. You know, and and so uh, I, I talked to him and I told him, hey, uh, everything that I knew of that was that was wrong was fixed. But this is this was the list. And I gave it to him. And I, I don't know. He was appreciative that we would that we would be people that reflect our maker, that when people see our lives uh, neighbor, because they are watching. We've talked about this when they see us, they would see uh, our Lord, uh, you know, the reflection of our Lord. So to do righteousness and justice when it's when it's saying that, you know, not to be untrustworthy or hypocrites, saying one thing uh, and doing the other. Um, so I'm going to re read a, a couple verses. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 9 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And so the Lord was quoting Deuteronomy when he shared that, Lord Jesus. And verse 6 says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets before your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That that practical discussion of the Lord with our children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, whoever it is that the Lord's put in our lives, that our discussions wouldn't be like, hey, hey, come on over here. We're going to sit down and have a Bible study right now at the kitchen table. But what, what he said, which if we're going to have a Bible study, there's nothing wrong with having a, a but what I've, what I've found is, is most powerful in my kids' lives are the discussions we've had. Hey, did you just see what happened at the mall? Remember the guy freaking out or whatever it was? Um, you know, hey, we're on the train ride in Boston. You know how that guy was screaming and he's doing all that weird stuff? Well, let's pray for him. And then, you know, that brings up a discussion uh, about the Lord. I don't remember exactly where we went with the discussion, but always using the, the practical times in our lives to build these these children up. And that's what that's what this is saying here. When you're walking by the way in the morning, in the evening, uh, just when, when you sit, when you uh, when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, you know, going for a walk. Hey, you know, so so what's going on in your life? And uh, I'll be praying for you about that and you know, that we can have those discussions. And, you know, outside of that, if you don't have kids in your house, if you don't have uh, little ones around. OK, when someone comes to our house. You know, Jen's got these nice little scripture signs that she loves and, you know, we put them on the wall and everything. And it's just declaring when people come in, they see the scriptures on the wall. And and uh, and it also will remind us as we're sitting there and I look up and go, oh, hey, that's cool. You know, you know, you see these 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 things up there and, and they're reminders and they, they sometimes will spur conversations. Micah 6, 8. Now, this is a verse that will stick with me for the rest of my life because it has over 20 years. And uh, I was in youth ministry, just starting out really, in Washington State. And we took our youth ministry over to 
the western side of the state to pair up with another youth group and we were going to do uh, just practical ministry. The kids were <clears throat> doing stuff like, <clears throat> uh, uh, you know, raking leaves and just blessing people in their yard. Hey, you know, we're a youth group. We're just here to tell people about the love of God. Um, and, uh, you know, we had to do some safety briefings. Hey, if you see these things uh, in, in the dooryard, probably don't go uh, and uh, put yourself at risk or anything like that. And they had leaders with them and stuff like that. But we were literally just spread out and we're doing these things. Now, what was really cool is uh, for the, the couple of days we were there is, you know, at the end of the day, the beginning of the day and the end of the day, I think we'd have, you know, a worship session, uh, some short time in the word, and then we'd disperse. But uh, I still have the T-shirt. And uh, and it it has seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly on it. And uh, Micah six eight says he has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To do justly, do do the right thing. Um, oh, thank you, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. I just spilled that way down my face. <laughs> Thank you, brother. <clears throat> it was so good. I just, yeah. <laughs> to do justly, to do right, to love mercy. So though the simplicity of that, if you want to remember a scripture that that is uh, going to have an impact for you, and, and, it, and it did for our youth, and it, and it, it stayed with me because uh, there were messages uh, you know, hey, let's make sure these kids get this. If there's one thing they get that they leave with Micah six a, to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Uh, if we're doing those th those three things in our lives, we're going to be all set. You know that that we would do the right thing, that we'd love mercy because by nature we don't love mercy. We want mercy, but we don't love it enough to give it. The giving mercy is usually the hardest thing that we do. Uh, I remember my my dad, my brother and I used to fight, and he's like, "All right, I'm going to make you guys. You, you want to? You know, you're both going to sit in the corner." And I don't want to sit in the corner. All right, kiss and make up. <laughs> and my brother and I, like, it's never happening. You know, where I'm not. We're first of all, you know, he knew we weren't going to do it, but he he just say those things, and uh, we did not want to forgive each other. We were too mad at each other. And look what happens in our lives, holding on to that, that that will eat us alive on the inside and wreck relationships around us for years and years. And you look back after there's reconciliation, like, what were we even mad about? I don't even know. But to do justly, love mercy, love mercy. You know, that's that's powerful because loving mercy means when somebody has done us wrong, then we can show them mercy. We can show them grace. Do justly, do the right thing, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. If that's our, our recipe, um, we're going to be in really good shape. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Just uh, Actually, uh, just, re you're just reminded of uh, Matt Harvey used to sing that, you know, and uh, we, we would just sing that. Shown you, do, do, oh man. It was cool, you know, and uh, I, I was blessed by it. And uh, that, I, that the Lord has put that verse in my life, uh, just scattered it throughout my life. And uh, just like I said, last year or so, I find that t shirt and it's not even faded that much. I'm like, sweet. 
Uh, if you guys know me, uh, my wife always teases me. I like black T-shirts, you know, and, uh, and not because I'm trying to be Johnny Cash or something. I just, I just, I typically will, will gravitate to the very simple, plain, uh, and black T-shirt, and that's what I was like. Sweet, I got another one in the rotation. And uh, so, yeah, I, I have I have that one still. But uh, where the Lord uh, is saying uh, here that uh, that to do righteousness and justice, that if we remember these scriptures, that as we as we live, uh, that we would have discussions, and that our relationship with the Lord uh, would come out uh, in our homes and in our communities and wherever we're at that it would be clearly seen and that if we uh, conduct ourselves uh, doing justly, loving mercy and walking humbly, we're going to experience tremendous blessing. <clears throat> Verse 20. And the Lord said, so here's a shift. There's the discussion. The Lord uh, is kind of speaking his thoughts out loud uh, to Abraham. It says, and the Lord said, because of the outcry against Sodom is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom, and Abraham still stood before the Lord. So at the end of that, in verse 22, it says that the those men, the angels, moved toward Sodom while the Lord stayed and carried on the conversation with Abraham. And this is a very interesting conversation uh, that we're about to get into. But the Lord says in verse 20 <clears throat> that the uh, sin is very grave for Sodom and Gomorrah, that the outcry is great against them. We don't know, uh, you know, who from exactly, but we can gather from what we're uh, reading here that it was many people, that it was such a wicked place. Uh, these these uh, two cities were so wicked, uh, as the Lord said, their sin is very grave. The Lord said, and uh, we know that Lot was included in that. Second Peter chapter two verses seven and eight says uh, that the Lord delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds day to day day to day that he would just every day dealing with that remember when you look back when abraham said hey there's a lot of contention between your people and my people, your herds and my herds. We're, we don't have enough room here. You pick which way you want to go. And Lot looked at the one that looked better. It has water. It has everything there. And he went that way. Now, we can look at it and say that, you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. There, there are times there that we can look at that as a type and understand, hey, this all looks great. And that looks like it's going to be the thing that fulfills, uh, you know, all of my desires and everything are going to go that way. It looked great, but it wasn't necessarily a great place to go. And uh, that we see that the result of Lot's con uh, uh, decision there ended up in him uh, vexing his soul every day, as Peter just said. 
that it, that he tor- it said tormented his righteous soul day to day, seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Um, I know that sometimes, uh, you know, I realize that some of us may uh, be in the spot where you're the only Christian at work. <clears throat> Actually, I remember the discussion of music. You know, um, just just hearing, uh, you know, I can I can only play this music right now uh, because this is when it's uh, when it's uh, acceptable. Becky was saying that um, uh, recently that uh, there there's uh, that time where oh you know what now I can I can play this praise song. Nobody can say anything because it's a Christmas song. <laughs> but that uh, we can be vexed, we can be um, tormented. Uh, by uh, by the wretchedness of our situation around us. Now, the Lord is going to reveal to us whether we need to stay there or not. But we may find ourselves in a situation similar to what Lot was dealing with. And everybody around him was, as we see, just uh, their sin was very grave. Uh, and uh, it, it, it bothered him to his core. Now we uh, thankfully have the options that may, we maybe can go to other um, other jobs. But if it's not jobs, what if we're stuck in a living situation where we're surrounded by those things? And just understanding that we can still pray the Lord hears us and uh, that He uh, wants to sustain us and still use us. Now what we see in Lot's life. Now, it's funny that, that Peter mentions Lot as, uh, it says he delivered righteous Lot. Now, when we read what happens in Lot's life, and we're going to soon, and there's some crazy stuff that happens in his life, that the scripture would call him righteous Lot is, there's some grace and mercy there. You know, because every time we hear of Lot, he's making the wrong decision or he's doing the wrong thing. Uh, often, I shouldn't say every time, but you know, there, there, just, just understand that, that, that there's grace covering him there. Now, the Lord is talking about an exceeding wickedness in these two nations, these two cities, and we, <coughs> excuse me, also drink the water, don't inhale it. <coughs> To discuss his faith, or you know, as we not discuss, to understand his faithfulness and his patience. You know, to get to this point, things had to be unbelievably bad. Uh, now, when the Lord says this, He says, "I will go down and see." God is, is showing how to properly judge. Uh, he's not not that He didn't already know, but as the perfect judge, all the evidence was before Him, and He was reviewing the evidence. And the Lord comes down, and, and he's giving Abraham a glimpse into how things work in the Lord's world um, and uh, in the kingdom. And uh, he, he said, you know, we're here to look and, and to understand. If, if When we're talking about righteousness and uh, judging right, righteously and, and those things, to do justice, he's the perfect example for us to learn what those things are. So the Lord's giving him a glimpse into how things work for him. Verse 23, And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. 
Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Uh, shall not the wicked, <clears throat> sorry, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So we see that Abraham is interceding for Lot, his nephew, and everyone else that's righteous. And what's happening here is God is drawing out the love in Abraham's heart and, uh, and teaching him through this circumstance. It's not that God needed Abraham to convince uh, him of uh, to show mercy, uh, but it's a lesson for us here of intercessory prayer also to understand the heart of the Lord and how he works. This isn't this isn't man taming God. You know, if you just read through that and you you don't uh, know much more, don't we? We don't consider much more of the Lord's character and His Word uh, and the consistency of the Lord. Uh, it could look like that that this man was able to to kind of correct God. Uh, that's not the case at all. God does not need our correction. But we, what we see was happening here is is you know God is showing His patience in the conversation. And his merciful heart. Now, this is the beginning of it. Now, when when Abraham uh, hears this, there's a panic. Wait, you're you're gonna you're gonna kill the righteous? You, that the righteous would end up the same as the wicked? What do you, you know? That's that's not who you are. That's not. He says, you know, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? He's and and the the answer to those things are yes. But the Lord the Lord explains these things as this conversation unfolds. I think we all understand what corruption is. The, the Lord is the opposite of that as a righteous judge. Verse 26. Now, this is, this is a very interesting, um, you're probably familiar with it, but just to understand how the Lord reveals their wickedness and how he reveals his patience and his mercy uh, even as these things are, are unfolding. So verse 26 says, So the Lord says, said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed now, I, who am but dust and ashes, have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five less than 50 righteous. Would you destroy all of the city for the lack of five? So, <laughs> so we see what ha what's happening here. Abraham knows, okay, what have, I, what have I gotten myself into? So he said, if I find 45, I will not destroy it. And he spoke to him yet again and said, suppose there would be 40 found there. So he said, I will not do to uh, uh, not do it for the sake of 40. Then he said, let the, not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose 30 should be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, indeed now, if I have taken it upon myself, uh, I have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. The Lord said, I will not destroy it. For the sake of 20. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak once more. Suppose 10 should be found there. 
And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. Quite an unfolding. Abraham understands his place and uh, that he isn't worthy to even talk with God. He calls himself dust and ashes. And uh, he says, I've taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. And he's constantly asking, please forgive me. I've got to ask this one question. Now I have another question. Oh, I have another question. I have another question. Right, right. I thought no Lord be angry. And so we see the, the Lord's patience on display here. And we see a gradual reduction in number. Because I think Abraham threw out 50. 50. If there are 50 in there. And maybe he knows these people. And he's getting to the point where, uh, okay, how about, how about 45? You know, he starts doing the math. And, uh, you know, as this is unfolding and God answers his question in verse 23 and, and says that he would spare it if there's 50. You know, but and the Lord patiently unfolding the amount of his grace, uh, you know, he's willing to pour out. And it goes down to how about 45? How about 40? 30? 20? Uh, what? It, uh, maybe maybe he's thinking. We don't know. Maybe he's thinking of names. Maybe. And, and uh, he's thinking, oh, okay, Lot, how big is, uh, uh, you know, our, uh, you know, all of his servants and everything? Maybe he's doing that math. I don't know. But he's getting to the point where he's like, no, I know. <laughs> maybe. I know I know that guy. No. Okay. Those guys. No. And we don't know. But it gets to the point where he's asking, what if there are only 10? And look at the Lord's gracious answer. The Lord says, <clears throat> He says, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. All those people so wicked, the outcry here, you know, is, is so bad. The Lord, the Lord is showing uh, Abraham how he, how he judges. And it comes to the point where the Lord says, no, if there are 10, I won't do it. And, uh, and, you know, God's mercy, even for 10, it would spare, that he would spare it. And we understand that God spared Noah and his wife and their sons and daughters-in-law. Uh, so that was eight people. And the whole world went down to eight people. In chapter 19, uh, that we'll study uh, next week, Lord willing, uh, we see that it ends up just being Lot and his daughters. Three people that end up leaving. It's supposed to be more. Uh, but, well, you know, it's an unfortunate thing for his wife and his sons-in-law who didn't believe in him. And uh, so it ends up being three. God doesn't pour out his wrath on the righteous, on his children. He doesn't, God doesn't say, I'm going to just pour out my wrath. We see in the scripture the consistency of God removing his children before his wrath is poured out. We see it what happens in Lot's life here. We see it, we saw it in Adam's, sorry, in Noah's life. Remember Rahab? You know, Rahab, a harlot. That, that when they were coming in to conquer, Israel's coming in to conquer, that she hid the spy, uh, not just to, uh, to spy, sorry, uh, that she hid the spies. And she put her own life uh, in jeopardy. And they and, and she's, she basically, she asked him, like, where have you guys been? You guys have been walking around wandering in the wilderness 40 years. Everybody's been afraid of you. Like, what are you doing? Where have you been? You know, and, oh, well, well, we got a story to tell you here, <laughs> right? And so 
So Rahab, Rahab is just has the question like everybody's so afraid of you guys. Where where are you? Like where have you been? And uh, it's an interesting conversation. But she hides them, and uh, and then they tell her of what's going to happen to her city, and uh, they say, "But you need to do this. You need to hang a scarlet thread out your window, and we're going to pass over whoever's not in your your house is going to be taken. We're taking out everybody else." But, you know, your, your, your blood won't be on our hands if you do what we tell you to. And the Lord delivered Rahab because she was faithful uh, to the Lord's people. That uh, she was delivered out of that. And we see in the scripture. So this is uh, this removal of God's children before his wrath being poured out graduates for us uh, in today's world as this the tribulation. Being, uh, being, um, you know, is is the tribulation, uh, is the rapture going to be pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, or post-tribulation? I uh, wholeheartedly believe that we will be raptured uh, before uh, the tribulation. And I believe the word of God in, in instances like this backs that up. There are others that will make some arguments that it's mid mid tribulation at the three and a half year period, uh, right as uh, the antichrist uh, is being revealed that the uh, that the righteous will be snatched up at that point. And then there are others that say, nope, the church is going all the way through it. I believe um, through my study in the scripture and uh, and everything that I've I've seen, God's character is to remove the righteous before He pours out His wrath. Um, it's he's he, to to judge uh, the those that love him and pour out his wrath on that's designated for those that have rejected him isn't you know it, it'd be it would be uh, similar to okay uh, a, a father uh, has four kids and and two of them have gone and done whatever you know what you're all getting you know whipped with a um, what do you call it a, a hose or a switch right you know you're all getting it just because. Well, that's not right. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I was at work. Oh, you know, those things, you know, the the wrong are to be punished. But that's a whole different discussion that we'll have at some point. So you know, as I talked about Noah Lot, Rahab, um, Hebrews 11, 31 says, By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she received the spies in peace. So stance I take in my life, and I will share with anybody that the Lord removes uh, his church before his wrath is poured out. You know, so uh, for things to be at the point they're at when the Lord is, is speaking of um, Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, what we see is that God has had enough, and he's heard enough. And now it's time for judgment to come. He's very patient and forgiving, and uh, you know, but there was no repentance coming, and the outcry was strong against Sodom and Gomorrah, and the Lord had made His judgment. And uh, you know, the scriptures are, uh, speak of a loving and merciful God that doesn't have pleasure in uh, the death of the wicked, but calls out for repentance. And uh, so, when we see these, uh, you know, anytime there's a discussion. That can be had with anybody that uh, that is talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I have the weirdest questions thrown at me, uh, or not necessarily just weird, but oddball. Like you just walk in the door, hey, let's talk about this. You know, 
okay, hold on, I gotta, I gotta rewind and go. In. Okay, Genesis eighteen, nineteen. Okay, okay. Oh, well, this is how it went. But sometimes we gotta be, you know, ready to give that answer, right? And uh, just to, for us to be prepared as we're sharing this, very, very important. Not just to go into the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah to back up into into chapter eighteen and explain the heart of the Lord that he's the ju he's the just judge and that he he's got mercy upon mercy upon mercy and grace to pour out but these people were exceedingly wicked and were re were rejecting uh, anything uh, now I'm sure that lot when he was uh, that he was you know there and, and and trying to live a godly life and they're like you and your God get out of here and I'm sure there were several of those conversations that were happening because we know that his heart was and his uh, his heart was tortured but to understand for things to get this bad for a loving and patient God to get to this point I'm going to bring up some verses Ezekiel 33 verse 11 says say to them as I live says the Lord this is the Lord speaking to Ezekiel that he was supposed to say these things. As I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? Turn, turn. The That impact, right, when somebody says something twice. You now the Lord says, turn, turn from your evil ways. Jonah, in desiring to see Nineveh, destroyed to get what they deserve. This is an interesting conversation. Jonah 4, verses 9 through 11. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? So the Lord had provided a plant while Jonah was out whining, and he didn't have any coverage uh, for his head, and the Lord caused the plant to come up and cover him and give him shade and then cause uh, that thing to be eaten overnight. And he's, what he does is he causes uh, Jonah's circumstances to teach Jonah about his heart and that he has no love and he has no mercy in his own heart. Uh, you know, the, the, the Ninevites were, were exceedingly wicked and, and uh, they were known as a fishing community. And when they'd steal people, they would put hooks in their jaw and they'd tie them together. So, you know, just awful. Just they, they were not nice people. But Jonah didn't like the fact that he knew the Lord was right. It was was let's look at the comment. I'm going to get way ahead of myself. Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. Now, does that not sound like a snot-nosed brat, right? Doesn't it? Yeah, it is right. You know, that's how we are, you know, internally, you know. You know, that's, that's just how I read it. Um, but the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, this great city, in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and the left hand and, and their left and much livestock? Jonah, you're all wound up about this plant. You had nothing to do with it. And you'd rather see 120,000 people plus and everything there get wiped out rather than mercy to be poured out. And the Lord is, is seek justice, love mercy, right? Walk humbly. Yeah, he's seeking justice, all right. But does he love mercy? No. 
and you know, walking humbly, here he is having an argument with God, telling God he's wrong. He's saying, the Lord's saying, these people don't know their left hand from their right, and you want them wiped off the face of the earth. That's why you jumped in the boat, tried to go uh, the other way, you know, and I prepared, a sh I had to prepare, you know, a fish for you to swallow you and to bring you to this point. We, we see that there's a lot to learn about Jonah's life and Jonah's heart as you read through there. And you think that the whole story is about Nineveh. It's about Jonah. The story is about Jonah and his obedience to the Lord and, and the, the, the merciless heart he had. There's a lot to learn in that. I mean, you can look at and make different lessons out of uh, so many things and, and, uh, and learn from it. Jonah 4, verse 2, uh, before this conversation, says, So he prayed to the Lord and said, So now we get that glimpse into his heart, and said, Ah, Lord, <clears throat> was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving mercy, but loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. This is the Old Testament God that many in conversations were going to have is, oh, God's an angry God, you know, and he, he, all he wanted to do was just wipe people out, right, causing the flood. And this, I, I've had these conversations, and I trust that some of us in here have. No, I, yeah, yeah, that God, you're talking about that one? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right here. The guy that was told to go preach repentance to them, he says he didn't want to do it for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God. Bring him right to there. Bring him to Jonah. This is the guy that's arguing with, with the Lord, and, and it says and he's slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. What's happening in Sodom and Gomorrah got to such a bad point that this God that we see that is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, and relents from doing harm is at the point where everybody's got to go. A few more verses. Exodus 34 verses 5 uh, through 7 says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. And proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression of sin. This is the Old Testament God that many will tell us is, oh, is very angry and violent. And like this is the Lord saying of himself who he is. It says, the Lord, the Lord God, uh, merciful and gracious, loving, uh, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving the iniquity and transgression and sin. Forgiving the iniquity and transgression. The verse goes on and everything, but we get the point. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 17 Nehemiah says, they, have ref they refused to obey, and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them. But they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion, they appointed a leader to return uh, to their bondage. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. I think the point's very clear that I'm trying to make. God is not quick to judge. He's not quick to destroy. 
He he's full of graciousness and mercy. We can and that you know, guys should that mean that we should use that mercy as as Paul was was writing. You know, should we use our freedom as a cloak for vice? No. You know that the Lord is 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 very gracious and He loves us. He gives us freedom. Should we use it so that we can go and find vices to bind ourselves to? No. The Lord is so gracious and merciful. So we shouldn't. That and I've had these conversations where people say, "No, you know, I'll just come to the Lord at some point." Right now, I'm living, doing my own thing. That's not the way we're called to live. That that is not biblical at all. That's forming our own God and making our own, you know, convenient God that we can pull out of our pocket and say, "Oh, this 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 right here tells me I can do it because I feel good about it and God wants me to feel good and and so I'm going to do these things." No. The Lord, I mean, when he's talking about sin, he's talking about cutting off your hand or gouging out your eye, the seriousness of sin. It'd be better for you to do these things than to go to hell whole. Psalm, a couple more verses for you. Psalm 86, verse 15. But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Last verse, 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the heart of God. When it comes to the point where we're about to see Sodom and Gomorrah wiped out, their sin was very grave, the Lord said. And that discussion that unfolds with Abraham, where it goes from 50 to 45 to 40, 30, 20, 10, it's the Lord is so patient with Abraham, and he's showing his patience and his mercy all through that. If there were 20 in there, I would spare it. If there were 10 in there, I would spare it. And what did we see? <laughs> three made it out. Out of the whole city, three made it out. You know, the Lord is so gracious, so merciful, abundant in loving kind. How many times have we just, and you can, you can do a, a search. You can go to Strong's, uh, a Strong's uh, Exhaustive Concordance and open that up, and you can look at righteous, uh, at like merciful. Or you can look at uh, uh, gracious, and you can look at so hundreds and hundreds of, of references that speak of the grace and mercy of our of our God. Now, when you get to that New Testament uh, uh, verse, those were all out, uh, Old Testament, but even in in it's the same God. He hasn't changed. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. For us to be able as Christians to not only understand that and be able to share that. And say, well, the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament is the same God. And he's so merciful and gracious. However, <laughs> he has called us to this, to repent from that sin. Because it's an offense to him and, it's to, and it'll destroy our lives. Swallow us whole. He's so gracious and merciful. Oh, he's a good God. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness. Oh, Lord, that you keep mercy for thousands, forgiving the iniquity and transgression and sin. Lord, we are so grateful that you do these things in our lives, that we experience your grace, your mercy, that you would forgive us of our iniquity, our sin. 
We thank you, Lord, that we understand that you are a righteous judge and that what you do uh, is perfect. And your judgments are perfect. Your ways are perfect. Help us, Lord, to be those that are sincere in our faith, that those who see around us, especially in our household, see people that love you and that lead them in your way by how we talk, how we conduct ourselves, and that our community and workplaces would see you uh, and, and hear your words coming from our lives. Let, we, let us be sincere followers of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace and peace to you.